Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, here with Bill Goldberg. And welcome back to the show, Alistair Weaver from Edmunds.com. It's been a minute. I, you were on vacation for a little while. And uh, it's funny because you go on vacation, but you go to Europe and you just go back to see family. And then it's kind of like a, 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 between your family and the wife's family and now the kids and everybody wants to see the kids. I don't know that you actually get take any time off. No, I basically just drive 2,000 miles around Europe with two screaming kids. And uh, it's nice to see face. Well, the problems with living like so far from, you know, what used to be home. But uh, it's, it's good fun. Yeah. Enjoy, it's nice to, it's nice to be back. It's yeah, nice to be back, gentlemen, as well. Nice to be back. Nice to be back. Uh, Bill was on uh, not a vacation, but he was on a little road trip himself with uh, Gage and touring colleges and kind of figuring out uh, the future of the young lad. Yeah, yeah, we haven't we haven't gotten any further than we were before we embarked upon that journey. So you know, uh, yeah. it, it seems that uh, Bill is nervous and anxious, and uh, I don't know. Gage is, I don't know, cool as a cucumber. He doesn't get. He's a seventeen-year-old. He doesn't give a shit. He just he's goes he's still got SpongeBob. He's still got another year of high school, you know. So he's just gonna go in there and have a good time and crush some sports and kind of take it from there and meanwhile from your mouth to god's ears yes pray yeah. to god that happened so yeah we yeah. got a lot riding on this year man but you know hopefully he has five to ten minutes to actually be a kid during his senior season so you know I, he's having a good time he likes the sports he likes it he likes training you know you guys got a nice setup there where he can come in with you or his friends and 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 uh you know have a good time with the with the cars and trucks and the Simulator, the gym and the simulator and the whole thing. So, um, uh, before we get into it, Goldberg's Garage, the YouTube video is now launched and it's going to be this sort of organic kind of figure out as you go along type of thing, but it's going to be fun. Well, you know, it, first and foremost, thank you for mentioning it. And yes, it's been like two years since I downloaded a freaking video to that site on YouTube, but we relaunched and uh, at the end of the day, dude, it's a, a, a not a culmination, but it's a it's a overview of what I've been compiling in the automotive world for the last fifty seven years of my life. Right, so everybody knows I just finished the garage. It took uh, thirteen years to build, seemingly. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's done and it's functioning, and I'll be working, you know, on another car here in about forty five minutes when we're done. So. That's part of it. You know, Goldberg's Garage is going to be Goldberg's shooting range, you know, Goldberg's gym. Uh, it'll just be all things Goldberg, man. It'll be fun. Uh, it'll, it'll it'll be a far departure from normal day activities. You know, I'll leave here, go down to the range, shoot a machine gun, go to the barn, you know, hang out with a bongo and a freaking zebra and some kangaroos for a little while. And, uh, it'll be stuff that people definitely won't, uh, uh, they, they won't see it coming. Let's just say that. Yeah. I was thinking what was wrong with our channel, and I realized it was the absence of zebras and kangaroos. It could make yes. all the difference. Hey, <laughs> hey, machine guns. Yeah, no <laughs> shit, man. You try to hit every box you can, try to make sure that you satiate everybody's tastes, right? So I'm going to piss some people off, but I'm also going to entertain a lot of people. So yeah. it'll, it'll I'm be gonna fun. Get... I'm looking forward to it. And the, you know, the, main, the main goal of the channel is to be able to go through the garage and talk about each one of these cars and as if somebody was standing there, you know, getting the tour in person. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, stuff is going to break along the way. For example, Bill's soundboard broke this morning, which is why he's a little echoey. So we apologize for the sound, but we can hear you fine. It's just it's not it's not quite it's not quite what we had for the past couple of weeks. All right. So YouTube.com slash at Goldberg 95 is the channel. But if you just search for Goldberg or Goldberg's Garage, you'll find his channel. You'll want to subscribe. You'll get the updates. And if you haven't gone through and seen the recent kind of little peek behind the curtain, behind the scenes one, it's fun. But also, if you guys haven't saw it, because Bill put this up on social media a, a while ago, but it's on the YouTube channel, was the time-lapse video of the asphalt being laid around in the garage. You can kind of get a view of what the garage looks like. And then when you see 
them laying the asphalt down and the little F-150 parked out front, you can sort of see the scale of this garage, you know, like how how impressive this this thing is uh, and why it took so long and why the garage doors were such a shit show because they were so huge <laughs> and to rebuild those things. I don't know, five times because they were too big. Well, five, and too yeah. <laughs> five, five is being quite kind to the uh, manufacturer, but you know, yeah, everything was a pain in the ass. People, you understand that you build garages, uh, everybody out there, whether it's a one car or a 50 car, you have your issues, you know, before, during and after build. So, um, I'm just happy it's done and I want to share it with everybody because it's it's no fun just hanging out here by myself, you know. So it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. And hey, you have to comment on the you mentioned the asphalt. I yeah. mean, everybody everybody's got if you get nothing from the YouTube channel, you gotta go watch the burnouts, right? Yeah. Um that was so much fun. And as I said uh, on the show and uh, in the description of the video, I still have two huge divots in the freaking asphalt. So so one of the videos that's up there, and I don't know if you've seen this yet, Alistair, is uh, I, I don't want to give away what I can't give away of why the car showed up, but but maybe no, it's can. fine now. Okay, it's fine okay. now. Yeah. yeah all right. So the, Dave Savaggio brought the car down to do the photo shoot for the parts that he was providing Dodge, uh, whether it be the the roll bar, this rear seat delete, um, or the the parachute handle, or the parachute itself. So they did photo shoot for all of those, all of those pieces. So Dave Salvaggio brought a Demon One Seventy over to to Bill's garage, and I've uh, used it and let <laughs> somehow threw Bill the keys and said, "Go ahead and, and do something with this thing." And it's funny because in the video, I know this the that rubber just shreds apart; it gets all over the car, all over the wheel wells. On uh, in the garage, outside the garage, so you see the video, and it's every smoke in the video. And right when it stops, you're like, "Get the fucking spray!" You know, like, and like you start cleaning the shit. Like, before but did you it, see it on his shoe? I didn't see it on the shoe. But I saw the pebble. I saw the pebbles. Like before it cools off, it starts getting so you can't remove it. Oh, yeah. There's just rubber shreds everywhere. I'm surprised you did it in the garage because you're right. There's like divots in the in the cement. Yeah, that's well, is that the one on shorts? That was that was one of the ones I watched, and I did look yeah. at it and go, "Why is the rubber in the garage?" In the garage, yeah, in the garage. Well, well, there was already rubber in the garage. I had done two burnouts from inside, you know, a couple months before, just to test the garage because I'm going to do a, a, a original design. Hubinet's going to come down, and we're going to do tire marks all over the garage. Then we're going to clear it. So it's basically a Nitto commercial, right? Well, I couldn't make this part of a Nitto commercial because I didn't realize they were Mickey Thompson's until after I laid the strip, right? Yeah. So there were a lot of things I learned from that. Um, the, the biggest thing, as you guys can see, and everybody that goes to my Instagram or goes to the Goldberg's Garage on YouTube is going to find out, I haven't perfected this video. and I haven't perfected this shit by any stretch of imagination. First and foremost, in evidence of that, you, Matt, understand and know that I was I was holding that video yeah. until after Roadkill Nights because I don't want to see any repercussions, right, from Kaniskas because those guys trust me, right? And so I didn't want to post it until he and Leno or whoever did their thing at Roadkill Nights with the 170. Well, if you look at the first video that I posted, which was the live video, it showed us cleaning the inner fender wells. It showed us removing the <laughs> rear bumper. And so I already gave it away, right? You know, Oops. a week before I was waiting and hiding and embargoing myself on that video. So uh, at, after the fact, when I went back and saw that, I just realized what a moron. <laughs> it's all right. We'll get there. But it wasn't. It wasn't running in that video. It was just sort of the aftermath of what. The carnage, I guess you could say. But yeah, you got to take the rear bumper off to clean. Four hours. Four hours it took us to get all the rubber off of that. It's we, a, were gonna, we were going to go buy new inner fender wells, but they were 800 bucks. If it, if it's, it's a 20-second video that took four hours to clean. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And was it worth it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it was worth it. And as I said, there are two divots in the, derived, in the, in the asphalt. And unfortunately, they haven't started to grow back yet. I'm waiting. Uh, all right. So speaking of tearing up the asphalt, um, 
Alistair, you guys are uh, you're shooting more of the you drag videos, which are fun, which you we enjoy and and starting to pair up cars that we wouldn't think to pair up. It's it's easy to go, you know, Tesla versus Lucid or, you know, GT 500 versus, you know, Demon or Hellcat. But now you guys are. I don't want to say getting creative. You're already getting creative. But now I don't know. Maybe you're just bored. <laughs> And bring in all the cars you have. <laughs> it's a it's a lot of what I, I could tell you like behind the scenes. If people don't know what Edwin's U Drags is, basically we took a look at drag race and says like everybody's doing this, it's getting a bit, you know, it's getting almost boring. How can we liven this up? And we found a location where we can basically do a drag race, then break, then do a 180 turn, and then effectively it's almost like a rolling race back to the back to the finish. Uh, and we call it UDX. So it's not just a test of straight line performance. It's also braking and cornering. And we measure stuff like braking performance, lateral G and all the rest of it. So the way that we come up with the pairings, because obviously you want this to be close. You either want it to be kind of like two iconic cars. So we did Challenger Black Ghost against GT500. So that's a, like an obvious pairing. But then beyond that, because we take all the cars to the test track and we run numbers on them, we know we can look at those numbers and figure out what's an interesting race because we've got the zero to 60, we've got the quarter, we've got the braking, we've got the um, the PG. So we literally go through every car we test and go, right, well, you wouldn't believe this, but actually the Kia EV6 GT it's, is pretty much on a par with a Challenger Black Ghost. So let's put those two together and see what happens. Okay. So there's kind of a lot of science into it. Then, of course, we've got to get the vehicles in. We've got to get them to, to the location. So it's a big... It's a big project, but when we're there, we like shoot five films in a day. So it's a it's a load of fun. And this is the first one that I've actually driven at. Um, so you know, there's quite a lot of adrenaline there. You've got quite a big crew, a lot of pressure. You're trying to get a ton done in a day. And it's like, don't screw it up. Pick your braking, get your turning, get back on the power. And uh, yeah, me and Jonathan Alfano runs our, our testing team where, you know, it's a bit of ego because also like, you know what the car should do and what you don't want. We did... um. Without wishing to give the game away, but we gave two cars from the same stable, which basically are nearly identical. And it's like then quite a lot of pressure to make sure you know that you want the race to be close. And we only get we only do we only do a proper run. It's all live, so a lot of the drag racing that you see on YouTube and stuff is like it's cut together from like you know hundred different races. This isn't. This is done as live. So there's quite a lot of pressure to get it right and not look like an idiot. Who normally drives the cars? So we have, it's basically from our test team. So we have, in the first round that we did, we had Kurt Nibus, who's a, a great driver and came on the test team, and and, and Reese Counts. And then this time it was Jonathan Alfalm as our head of testing and um, and me. So, uh, yeah, no and pressure. How many times do you guys run the cars and then do, do the drivers switch cars to, to create some parity? Yeah, so what we wanted to do was make it about the cars, not the drivers. I mean, you still get a ton of nonsense like on, on the YouTube comments, but it's that's that's the principle behind it. So how can we get the maximum out of the cars and make it about the cars? So what what we do is we set off, we both drive a race in. So we drive the race and then we swap cars and drive the race again. Okay. So basically you're neutralizing the drivers. And obviously, like we we make sure that you know our driver pairings match up and and, and everything else, but you know, we all we all feel confident that we can get the most out of the cars so that and that generally works um works really well and of course we do like a couple of warm-up runs and we warm the tires and that sort of thing but you know we don't have the we don't have the time and we don't have the tires and the brakes and everything else to do like you know a hundred runs with this stuff so we've got to be pretty pretty on it so it's like a proper race when you when you guys you you start the first leg of the drag race and then you you both sort of turn and i've seen some of the like drone footage of that how do you create symmetry in the two cars turning? Is there a line that you guys follow? And how do you prevent like somebody from, I don't know, a real sharp turn or or a little bit of a drift or, you know, uh, to and then so they can kind of maybe get a leg up on the way back? So, well, it, it's basically you're trying to run the optimum, optimum course. So we have cones at the quarter mile. 
we then have like a, a sort of marker cone, which is somewhere where you want to start breaking. But there's also, because it's a, a, an airfield, there's actually arrows on. So you're looking for a breaking point, like a visual reference. And we do do like a, a warm-up or two in each car so they can pick a breaking point. And that's the critical bit. Once you've nailed your breaking point, and then basically in almost everything, trail break it all the way into the apex and then power it out. And we measure all the, we've got cones to measure. Everything's measured. So both sides of the course are exactly the same. I even went this far when I got there. I realized that the point where you turn in, we were all going to, we we're both going to use as much road as possible. So we had to put cones down so we didn't like come together and, uh, you know, whack each other as we're about to turn in. Yeah. Um, so there's quite a lot of science goes into it. And then really it's kind of pick your brain. And also it depends on the vehicle that you're in. We actually quote Pete, Pete G and we kind of, it's a bit, we're like arguing whether we should or shouldn't because it's a bit misleading because some vehicles like, like a Lucid, for example, it hasn't got a lot of grip, but it's got tons of straight line power. You basically almost want to use it like a V. So get it stopped, get it turned, fire it out. So slow in, fast out. Whereas something like a GT500, which is on Sport Cup, Sport Cup tires and obviously has tons of, tons of grip, you can actually treat it much more like a corner on a, on a racetrack. So you have to kind of tailor your technique a little bit according to what you're driving. Yeah. Okay. And we've right. got coming up with like a Durango Hellcat and just <laughs> like getting that. But that, that thing's, it's actually really interesting. I'm giving the game away here because it's, it's not out yet. I think it's like a couple of weeks or months' time. But we did the Black Ghost Challenger and had huge problems getting the traction down. Um, but then the Durango, which has not got quite as much power, but of course got all wheel drive. Yeah, it hooks. So as long as you can, so that thing just launches. Uh, so that 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 was like super impressive. And then braking, you just have to like, you know, in the Durango, you just have to sort of mash the middle, but you know, the left hand pedal, and eventually it stops, and you can get it turned. I, I mean, like like Bill's got, you know, damn near a thousand horsepower Hellcats, even a manual transmission car and rear wheel drive. And he's got a thousand horsepower TRX with all wheel drive and it's got some weight to it. But, you know, I've driven the high horsepower, like I've driven the Hennessy TRX and in sport mode on full tilt, that thing scoots pretty good, you know. And it seems like the rear wheel drive sports cars are way faster and more violent, but not necessarily because it's tough to hook those cars up. Certainly look at all the commenters on you driving GT 500 on <laughs> in drag racing. <laughs> uh, it, it's tough to make that car go fast without a fully prepped quarter mile track. Yeah. And actually because we're on an airfield, it's actually really grippy. It's grippier than the kind of Edmunds test track. So, but even then, like in the black ghost, we're launching a, a thousand RPM and then just trying to zero. And even in third gear at like 80 miles an hour, it's lighting the rose up. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's having warmed them up first. So we did like a massive burnout. We got everything nice and warm. Off you go, thousand RPM, and then you get to like 80, 90 miles an hour, and the thing's still spinning up. So it's. I mean, you'll see. Like we did the two videos that are out there right now: a Black Ghost against GT five hundred, and then Black Ghost against the Kiri V six, which is you know a sixty k electric car, but has got five hundred and seventy horsepower, whatever it is. Okay, so I got I got a I got a proposal for you is uh one, I think you start looking at some of the aftermarket tuner cars, start looking at packages and maybe putting them up against some of the OE cars uh or other tuner cars. It's a it's sort of like the Edmonds sort of step closer to uh, who was doing it? Ken Block was doing it. It was like Ken Block versus the world, which were fun videos. And they ran like RC cars, all kinds of crazy shit. Look, if anybody's listening, uh, we are going to do more of these things. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're totally up for that. I know we talked about the Mac one, Matt. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's Bill, what I'm come saying. Come on down with a thousand horsepower TRX. Is... Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're up for it. We, we, we kind of, you know, we obviously got access to all the OEM vehicles, but, uh, yeah, any tuna stuff coming down, we're up for the, um, you know, we're up for the competition for sure. You guys still have the GT500 that you own in your fleet because you talked about selling it at one point. Do you still have that car? Yeah, we were. Well, we were sort of selling it two years ago, but it might hang, might still be loitering in the garage. But um, we did actually at the end, of, you know, it's funny, we did the GT500 against the Black Ghost. It's like, right, this is its yeah. swung song. We've done 25,000 miles. There's a new Mustang here. We've got to sell it. And then we're getting so much like social and YouTube commentary saying, don't sell it, run it against the ZL1. 
yeah. it's like, okay, like, can we justify hanging on to it for a couple more months or whatever? So we'll we'll see. We've got right, we've got so, to sell it at some point, and there is a new Mustang, so it's kind of it's kind of like an old car now. You should hang on to it for a few more months because the Mach One that I have, you know, as we talked about on the show, uh, Bill and I a while ago was, you know, at Mustang is obviously sticking with their V8 for a little while longer when a lot of other car companies in their sports cars are not. So I got the Mustang Mach 1 because I wanted, you know, kind of the best of GT350 and Bullet and GT500 in a fun package with a manual transmission. And then to make it a little different than the GT500, I went with twin turbos instead of supercharger. So now I think it would be fun to see twin turbo manual transmission Mach 1 versus GT500 supercharged paddle shift, right? And and which is why I was asking about how good are your drivers? Because everything's a goddamn automatic transmission these days. Yeah, I, let's get somebody who could drive stick. Dude, you're looking at one of them. I've been like, you know, I used to race stick for for years, so I think I, you know, I admittedly using my right, am I using my left hand back in those days? But yeah, you're, I think we we've done we've done some stick races coming up. There will be some races with three pedals coming up. You're more than welcome to drive my car. I know you're British. You're going to be sitting on the wrong side of the car, but if you think you can handle it, <laughs> dude, I've been here, I've been car. here five and a, I've been here five and a half years now. I'm practically you, native. Yeah, we're just breaking your head. We're just breaking you in. <laughs> I went back to I went back to London. And I was like, I really don't know where I exist anymore. Like, you know, this isn't home. I still feel like a tourist in LA. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when we did our first podcast and we all were together in Adam Carolla's studio. I think I'd been yeah. in LA like a month. And it was such a weird feeling. It's like, hey, I'm in LA. I'm with this wrestling champion and we're like doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, why do I, why am I, how did what I end am I up doing? here? Yeah. How did I end <laughs> up here? What's going on? It's so American. It's like, exactly. and, and this, and now we're doing podcasting in, uh, in Adam Carolla's studio and with a WWE superstar and NFL. I told my, like, my, my brother in law, like, yeah, is this guy called Bill Goldberg? He's French. So, like, he was like, you were with Bill Goldberg? It's like in a French <laughs> accent. I can't do the accent. <laughs> My wife will kill me. Um, with the, with the Bill Goldberg? No, no, forget it. <laughs> now, now you're screwing it up. <laughs> now you're screwing it up. Um, yeah, so we should bring the car out. We have the good, some good times with it. Now, I took the Pilot Cup Sport 2s off and I put the PS4s or whatever the S4s on there. And it, it rides nicer. I don't know if that's going to make a huge difference compared to your GT500. Although I don't know how much tire is left on your GT500 after all the shit you guys done with that oh, with, the, with that car. We got new tires, which is probably another uh, already? reason why we need to you keep got it. New tires yeah. on it. Uh, well, I think I have 20. I don't know how many new tires we've had over 25,000 miles, but quite a few. Um. So the other thing I was thinking is, you know, we, we rushed to put this turbo kit on and, you know, our our terrible gas out here in, in LA and we wanted to run it on pump gas and 91 octane stuff. So we've got it very low, like six pounds of boost. Um, and I don't know what kind of power it's making, but uh, I, I talked to my friend Ray uh, McClellan from full throttle customs. And I told him that, you know, I'd like to get the car on a dyno now. Now we got the car and I got a few miles on it. It's a little bit broken in and we did an oil change and stuff. I'd like to, you know, I'd, I'd like to get it on a dyno um, so I think that might be interesting to see where we are. So if we do get together and do a video with you guys, I want to be able to have a little bit of some, some performance numbers, some power numbers, so we can kind of compare apples to apples, because I honestly, I don't know if we're running, you know, 600 horsepower or, or 650 or 700 horsepower or whatever. And, uh, Ray will help us out with that. And then Bill, we'll have Ray on the show and kind of walk us through what, what happened over there. Um, uh, and, and he's, he's so good at, at getting these, like, we're just going to pull the numbers. I don't think we're going to do anything with the tune, but we'll, we'll see what, what his thought on it is. And, and, 
Uh, he's a longtime Mustang guy, so he's super familiar with all this stuff. But we've brought him all kinds of cars. We we brought him some of the Paul Newman racing cars, and he dynoed in and, and got them kind of dialed in and tuned them. Anything from Motec to Holly to Fast to stock EFI. So he's kind of he's kind of the man when it comes to that stuff. But I just wanted to go with the canned tune that comes from Hellion, uh, and and just see just see where we're going. I mean, it's fast. But it doesn't feel like a ridiculous, uncontrollable fast because it takes a little bit for those turbo turbos to spool to spool up. It doesn't hit quite as hard on the low end. So uh, off the line, there may be more traction in my car than the GT500. But I don't know if the GT500 is going to pull ahead. It might have more top end power. So I don't guess we'll guess we'll find out. <laughs> um. You should bring it down the test track in advance as well. We can run some proper numbers on it. I'm I am curious to see what you know, uh, what it, uh, what it's doing. You know, I'm I'm curious to see what the, what the performance numbers and how it kind of. That's why you built it for shit's sake. Go drive the sub bitch. Yeah, so I think we finished up pretty much all of the shows and events that were we were supposed to go to, which was what we were doing right there's sponsors on the car we had to bring it to a number of events and not screw it up not screw up you had to keep you had to keep it together prior to fulfilling yeah. your your commitments right yeah uh <laughs> we we needed we needed to get that done so that being said and it it actually still may go back to SEMA this year we're kind of working out the details there's a there's a, a change or a, i guess a, an upgrade or an addition for the turbo system that we are trying to debut at SEMA um, and then hopefully in the next month, we'll know for sure. Uh, and it'll be exciting. It is exciting. You won't know anyone. for sure until three weeks before SEMA, then it'll be <laughs> right. It's going to go wrong. But at least I've got the car like pretty much done and drivable. I don't have to go, hey, we got to get this thing in the air and take it all apart. Like yeah, we got to that's, put- that's what you think. That's we'll what see. I think. Actually, we will have to install some parts onto the turbo if if everything goes forward. And so, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of that. Um, anyway, uh, what's else? What else is going on over at at Edmonds? The U drag stuff is good. We've been at, uh, since you've been on. There's been some interesting vehicles pop up. Uh, all electric Cadillac Escalade um, and Hyundai Santa Fe. Those two are interesting SUVs. Yeah, and the IQ is insane. I mean, it's bigger than a it's bigger than a standard gas Escalade longer. And they're talking about doing an even longer one, which is I mean, it's all right if you're in Texas, like round here, I don't know what the hell, you know what the hell you do yeah. with it, but it's um I mean, the only thing with it, I mean, they're saying oh, it's got 450 miles of range on enormous wheels and tires, but then if you you know, if you look at the size of the battery, like the whole eco structure that you need to support this, because it's got, I think it's like a 200 kilowatt. It's, yeah, like kilowatt 200 hour kilowatt battery. battery. What size what battery is it? Weigh? Yeah. It it, well, we haven't weighed it yet, but it's going to be, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be, I bet it's 8,000 pounds, right? Exactly. With that much of, it's 3,000 pounds just a battery. It's 200 and, uh, yeah, it's just over 200, two, just under 200 pounds. So it's this, it's a, yeah, 200 kilowatt hours of capacity, which is a little bit less than the 212 in a Hummer, but it's essentially the same Ultium uh, system. And, you know, to give, give you some context, and some of the things we quote on the site is like, you know, something like a Genesis GV6, like a Model Y rival, is like 77.4 kilowatt hours. So, it, you know, Model 3's got a bit, I think it got a little bit less than that. So you're talking nearly three times as much as a, you know, as a normal EV. So my, and so we, my yeah, lightning sorry. is what, like 112, 110? 130. Just so you got the, if you got the large battery pack, it's just over 130, I think. And and the truck weighs like 7,000 pounds. Yeah. Uh, and, and not only that, but the bit that, and we're just doing a, we just announced we're doing a bunch of stuff, testing charging speeds, but like, it's the same with our Rivian truck, which weighs 7,400 pounds as a huge battery. You know, you plug that thing in when it's empty into a level two charger, which is the kind of system that you install at home. You're looking at 30 hour charge time. So if you're going to get something like an IQ and you're really going to use it, then, 
you know, I'm hearing where, where I live, when they're building new luxury homes, they're putting like three-phase power in, like an industrial unit, just so you can have like a faster charger at home, which is kind of getting ridiculous. So yeah, there's all this stuff like, how do you park it? How do you charge it? But it looks kind of cool and there's some interesting tech and it'll go a long way and, you know, it'll probably do really well for them, but it's also 130 grand starting. Yeah, because it's got a $70,000 battery in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, like... It's... <laughs> But I, I don't it, know. Like, a have you seen it, Phil? Have you seen the Escalade, the electric Escalade? It's yeah. it's good looking. It's it, yeah. yeah. It it looks good. But have you seen all the all the testimony, you know, from Congress lately, the past month? I no. The EV stuff and the Department of uh, 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 the Department of Energy and all the questions that they're fielding about the EV situation and about the future and about the grid and all that. I, I saw a few clips of it online and I don't really put a lot of stock in the clips because everyone can uh, edit it. But yes, they're basically going, everything you said about EVs is bullshit. <laughs> and they're going, you know, you're right. Yeah. How much of the grid, Where? how much of the grid do we have right now uh, in 2035? to sustain the growth of EVs. And it was like 0.006 is the capacity that we have right now. And it has to get up, obviously, to a certain level to where everybody can. Yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, Alistair, you were talking about like new developments being built, housing developments, and having that much power, uh, you know, at each home. Everything has to be solar powered, like just, just to start if you can't generate that much power just from solar, just to offset some of the, you know, the loads, like you can't have an entire neighborhood, you know, a whole new development built and everyone's got phase three power and everyone's plugging in an Escalade. What if you don't have money to move into that neighborhood or, and, or you live in the suburb? Yeah. Yeah. But then you won't have an Escalade, I guess. <laughs> well, you don't have an electric car. Um, you have to. Yeah, you, you're right. I mean, especially like California or Texas somewhere, if everything's built, because you don't just need the solar power, you also need like the power wall solution. So you need a means of storing the, you know, you need a means of storing the power as well. Then you become like your own little ecosystem. Um, yeah, if you, everybody yes. does that, that starts to make a lot of, it starts to make a load of sense. You know, there's a lot of wasted energy in the world and, you know, that's a great way to do it. Um, so, so yeah, that's the that's the solution really is especially if you're and, in like, one of the hotter states. As far as like charging something like the Escalade with that massive battery, I, I think I think maybe the idea is you, you don't use it as a 400 mile range SUV. You 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 do like once a week like I do with my truck 200 so miles, right? And then you I come in on a Friday, I'm here in my warehouse working. And then, you know, at the end of the day, I've got 90% charge and I roll it home and, and, and I'm fine. I would only, you know what I'm saying? Like you're at four, four fifty miles on a full charge. All right. Well, maybe you don't charge it all the time fully. You're charging up to about 420 or something like that, or 400. And you use about 200, 230 of it. And then you, you, you charge it back up. Uh, you're adding 200 miles per charge, not 400 miles per charge. Um, and until you need that much range, right? You're going to go on a road trip. You're going to go to car week. You're going go to Vegas. You're going to do whatever or, you know, something like that. Then uh, then you use the entire battery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the, the other thing that people need to wrap their head around is if your car's not very efficient, you're going to spend more time charging on the highway and we're just doing a partnership with people looking at this so yeah. like you go on your you go on your road trip if your escalade is half as efficient as your model three which i reckon that's probably the case if not more so then you're going to spend twice as long at the charger there's a little bit of nuance because of like how how the charge curves are and everything else but you know you're going to spend more time charging it what's building I got cows. Got a zoo back there. I got cow Brahma cows invading my space. They are literally about to cross over the fence, but that's cool. So, Bill, Bill's in his garage, standing in his 
office, Jeez. his podcast studio, looking out the window, and there's there's just wildlife walking by. Well, yeah, it could be it could be anything. Right? I don't know but, if it's your animals or the neighbors, but it seems like uh, it's a community of animals. Yeah, they're ours, and uh, they're cows, and they're eyeing up all the shrubbery around my uh, garage. And they've all passed except one, and it's the troublemaker. And there she is, right there. And yeah, you can there. See I see her back there. So if she crosses over without coming this way, I don't have to run off of the podcast. If she makes it this way, I've got to go kick her ass. So <laughs> she's got. Have like you 10, seen Clark? Have steps. you seen Clark Clarkson's farm on Amazon? You seen that show? I Jeremy have Clarkson. not. I have not. But I can only imagine how hilarious that could be. It, it's a beautiful piece of TV. I used to work in the UK with a lot of the a lot of the crew. It's the guys that did the Grand Tour and Top Gear and everything else mm-hmm. before that. A lot of them, bit the same people behind it, and it's it's a beautiful piece of television. And I was just kind of thinking you could do kind of a Goldberg's equivalent uh, out here. It would be it would be. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Yes, I yeah, I, I can't embark upon that part of it. How far yeah. how far away on the property is the the gun range as to not scare the animals. Oh, it's down in the, in the cavern, you know, it's, it's, it's like from the garage, it's probably 500 yards from the barn. It's, you know, 2000 yards. I mean, it's like, it's a half mile from the barn, but yeah. So they don't really hear it as much. Well, they'll hear it, but yeah, it doesn't bother. It doesn't bother. When you're not close enough, except (laughs) for the ones that were behind the, the, God darn it. Oh, one's caught in the fence. Awesome. They are not bright. No, not at all. <laughs> and oh my God. I just need a pea shooter from here so I don't have to get up. But don't go. Uh, her Jeff, her head is literally caught in the fence. Nope, oh, she's out. Oh, and now she's coming in. Do, do, you, do you not have cowboys on the ranch? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're looking, you're looking at it. <laughs> Him and, and Wanda. Yeah, you're looking at me and Wanda. Yeah, that's yeah. God Almighty. Okay, we're almost right. done. They're gonna if come in. They're gonna come into the garage because it's nice in there and shady. Yeah, I need to open the garage door for them at least. They're gonna come shit on the garage. I'm gonna floor. shit. It's all good. It's all good. Um, Uh, Monterey. uh, Okay. First, uh, Hyundai Santa Fe. Hyundai Santa Fe. I like this. This is a cool looking. SUV three row, completely different than the Santa Fe. They they weren't like they just threw the design out the door and they started from scratch. And I know you guys were thinking the same thing I was, is that the taillights look stupid. And <laughs> that's why I immediately saw you guys post a video and go, let me tell you why the taillights look stupid, because they wanted to make the hatch really huge and the uh the shocks for the for the for the hatch needed to be where the taillights are and you must have been thinking the same thing we were and that the taillights are dumb. It's, I, I just love the fact that, that, you know, everybody else is all about this, like, you know, brand heritage and evolutionary design and everything else. And, and Hyundai and Kia basically go, yeah, that looks good. Let's make that. Yeah. So like there's, there's zero crossover from like one Santa Fe to the next, or we come up with the Ionic five or the GV 60 or the, what, what, whatever it is. And they just, design a cool looking car that they think will sell. And and I, I think that's awesome. I, I I think it's a neat idea too, because it doesn't have like, it's not all the same grill or the same kind of line, like EV uh, six and five look completely different. Yeah. And it's, you know, like, like, yeah, there's definitely a hint of like Land Rover about it as well. In, yeah. in some of the, you know, in some of the, some of the aesthetics, but, you know, it's they've just got balls, haven't they? It's just like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go out there and you know, we're gonna we're gonna like, you know, have some confidence, have some uh, you know, optimism with companies doing well, people are buying our cars, let's just get on with it and uh and make some cool looking stuff. Ionic five looks great, Kia, Kia GT looks great. What you can't see on the podcast, Bill is now on sort of a mission to fetch a cow. He's talking about <laughs> Walking around outside done. with his iPad and his headphones on. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I had to do what I had to do. Uh, they they get a glimpse of me and they haul ass. It's just the when they come through the fence, you're worried about them completely wrecking it. And then when you startle them, you know they're going to freaking wreck it on the way out. So that's all good. 
Sorry about that. Though. Now you know what uh, Bill's rough. YouTube channel is going to look like. <laughs> Bingo! Yeah, Christ! Oh my God! Um. All right. Before oh, we wrap oh, up, yeah. Oh yeah. What's you got a hole in your head? What's that? Head, head head butt from a hundred and forty pound Rottweiler this morning to wake me up. So. Oh yeah. Um, well, dogs. Just a little bit of what you're gonna what you gonna see on Goldberg. Um. Monterey Car Week is uh, is coming up. I'm heading out uh, tomorrow. Today's Wednesday. We're going to drive up Thursday. Um, I, I'm loading up the minivan, called up Toyota and said, what do you got in the way of a Toyota Sienna minivan? And they sent me the all-wheel drive hybrid with the lounging seats in the rear. And um, I'm I'm actually a little excited about it. I've been I've been driving it around for the day. And, I, and Adam, I, I, I called Adam. I was like, dude. We got the Sienna minivan. He's like, eat your heart out, Bruce Kennepuff. We're gonna roll <laughs> up to the track, and he he's gonna be there in a nine five nine modic uh, modified car. We're gonna be in the minivan. <laughs> yes, yeah, there you go. I love it. It's gonna be. I I, I love minivans. Swagger wagon. It, it totally is. Listen, when I when I first did, I I don't know six seven years ago or something like that. I did this charity race at Irwindale, and and it was hilarious like we did some training sessions and um uh mark paul gossler who's fantastic nice guy uh incredible driver fast he smoked everybody out there and it was like a slow motion kind of you know like kind of like a quentin tarantino film but super comedy and it's just like him stepping out of the all blacked out like minivan and then he opens the sliding door and like three like basketballs come rolling out and his kids come out, you know, and he's like, hey, we're here to race. And I was like, sweet, bro. Nice rolling in the minivan. Now, I think he's ended up switching off to like the Audi SUV or the Escalade or something since then, because we were giving him a little bit of shit about it. But uh, yeah, the swagger wagon. You're right. Um, I think it comfort, takes a certain confidence. Yeah. All right, yeah. so uh, we're going to be heading up to um, – we're going to go to the Quail uh, Friday. Uh, we're looking for some interesting debuts. There's going to be the you know pretty much the, the typical lineup of, of manufacturers. And now this is just turning into such an event like Goodwood is where now they're debuting cars, Roof, Gunther Works, Bugatti, uh, Gordon Murray Automotive, uh lotus lamborghini lamborghini it's just like ford ford have, ford have got stuff so you know, it's kind of is... interesting that that now it's not just it's not just like super high-end luxury stuff you know that 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 there's a i know there's a there's a new rate there's a sort of version of a range Rover. there's all sorts of stuff going on and it's i think because normal auto shows of you know aren't what they were suddenly everybody's looking at this and saying look you know all the media goes it's like you know it looks great you know I, the, the whole thing looks glamorous so I can't wait. I'm driving up there tomorrow back on Sunday night. I, I, listen, I'd I be honest with you. If somebody said you could have a media pass to, you know, Detroit auto show, or you can have a media pass to the quail fucking take it. The quail, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Like I'm, I'm going, I'm going to that bed. Um, the auctions are all nearby as well. Broad arrow, which is uh, really kind of taken off. Um, RM Gooding, uh Meekum's out there, Bonham's out there. I think RM last year in Monterey was like a car auction record with like $236 million in sales. And that's not because they brought out 50,000 cars. It's because they brought out the most expensive cars on the planet. Uh, uh, you know, for example, this year we're seeing, you know, Lamborghini is Lero S. Sure, you know, 300 grand or so. They got a Ferrari uh, 250 uh, Lusso, uh, the GTL Berlin out of Lusso for a million bucks. They've got, I want to say they've got a 250 LM out there. What is that? Uh, 20 million, 18 million. Uh, I'll see if I can find it. Um, uh, quite a bit of Ferraris in the lineup this year. And it, I think previous years, I think it was Gooding that had like all the, uh, Porsches. They're doing a lot of Porsches. The 2019 Porsche 935 that was debuted at Rensport. Um, now RM has one for 1.5 to 2 million that you can buy up there. The McLaren Speedtail. As a McLaren fan, I like that car. It's the three-seater sit in the middle, long speedtail, 2.2 to 2.6 million. 
Um, I'm looking for the for the big. For, uh, also, I want to say RM has an XKSS, the Jaguar XKSS, not the Repop body. Yeah, ones not that the they do. yeah the McQueen, the one that McQueen made famous. Yeah, like they've got they've got the full on real XKSS, uh, the 275 GTB four, which is a beautiful car, five to seven million dollars. They've got a 427 Cobra out there, 1.2 to 1.4 million. Um, uh, Jaguar D type, four and a half to five and a half million. Uh, the Ferrari 250 LM, by the way, 18 to 20 million is the estimate. Uh, and that that's a cool car. That's a that's a bad. I think estimate. I'm going to go down Friday or saturday night to it it's just i mean like most of the players are actually on the phone aren't they these days it's not it's rare that it sells to somebody in the audience it, but it's and they've been doing more online auctions as well that are just online um yes when we bought the porsche 935 and i was there getting it for adam we were against a phone bidder but it was really fun to be in the room for that you know so they're trying to turn these in more into events like like barrett jackson has mastered the auction event and these guys are trying to do it they all are by the way the jaguar xkss we've always asked the peterson museum who has the steve mcqueen xkss what they think it's worth and the response has been we don't know but it's insured for 30 million and you take the steve mcqueen factor out of it which is oftentimes been a significant multiple like double uh rm has an xkss the estimate is 12 million to 14 million um and then they have a ferrari 250 gt short wheelbase the ferrari 250 california so if you're familiar with ferris bueller this car isn't red but that was a, a ferrari california uh, the estimate is nine and a half to an 11 and a half million. So they, they're curating some pretty fantastic cars. Uh, and that's just scrolling through our ramp, uh, broad, broad arrows, got them. Gooding's got them. It's going to be uh, a, a thing. So, uh, Alistair, if you're going up there, I highly recommend you try to swing by some of the preview days. Um, because once you start getting into the auction hours, Oftentimes the cars are no longer in view. They're they're kind of put away. Some of them still are. They roll them back out to the front or whatever. But uh, if you can swing by some of the previews and just get the pass to walk around, which by the way, for everybody listening and heading up to Monterey, uh, you can often buy the preview pass. You can pay a couple of bucks and then walk around and see all of these cars. You don't have to be there for the auction because the auctions are typically for registered bidders unlike barrett jackson barrett jackson you can buy a ticket and you can watch everything the auction itself is for the registered bidders but you can buy the preview and you can walk around you can see these cars firsthand you see the estimates in all the windows and you're just walking by looking at tens and tens of millions of dollars of cars uh a little like pebble beach although those cars aren't for sale currently but anyway. i always like contrast in the quail which is kind of super new money yeah and it is. Then that's the debuts like, of the, the quail new car. Is is like super nouveau riche and then i'll be the poorest person there by some margin and then on on sunday it's like old money and in just the way people dress and carry i know this is like terrible stereotyping but, no, just but it's the way true dress and carry themselves and everything else like sunday is like old american family money it's it's amazing it, it is but the mix the mix of it is you go to the track you go to laguna seca yeah. because guys that are displaying cars at pebble beach on sunday are racing shit on friday and saturday and now they're just sort of the everyman there in in the racing environment you know i mean there's a there's a, a few guys listen i jim farley from ford is one of those guys right like he's just going to show up on the track on saturday his people are going to have him jumping around from interview to interview but he's really he's like i just want to drive my cars man i just want to race my my cars and he's fast so it's good it's fun to watch him race you know, um, and yeah, to make that happen, he's got to jump in a car, get in it, race it, jump out and let let his people handle the car. You know, you know who's not going to be fast? <laughs> I don't know who. 
uh, I, I'm down to do some laps in an Audi R8, but I've never driven the circuit. So they ran, they basically dropped me and I said, do you want to do some laps in an Audi R8 around Laguna Seca? And I said, yes, that sounds like fun. They're like, you're going to follow Tom Christensen, who's won, like, what, Le Mans eight times? Yeah. So I have to quite well. I've never driven Laguna Seca. So well, it's I, a long time since get on, get on a, get on a simulator. Get That's on the simulator. I I, I'm telling you, I've been on it uh, very few times. Like I've done two laps around Laguna Seca, and one of them was me lawn darting a Lexus ISF <laughs> over the corkscrew and into the into the rocks. I was doing great until the corkscrew popped up, and I was like, "Oh, I totally forgot about the corkscrew." <laughs> uh, and yeah. and everyone's like, everyone else is like, "Yes, you did forget about." I was like, I'm the only one to get black flagged on a media lap. <laughs> <laughs> That's something to be proud of, dude. Yeah, you right? were pushing it. I did the, is it the Zanardi pass? The Alex Zanardi? I think he's jumped the corner. Um, I, but Yeah, I think probably... Zanardi were like overshot in and then was on the grass. Yeah, that's still the greatest overtake. Yeah, that was that was basically me, but I didn't win anything <laughs> except a, a pass to go home. Um, a, flat, a black flag. Yeah, I got a black flag, basically. Uh, all right. So, um, yeah, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna wrap it up. So, monitor just died. Technology today. I don't know what's going on with technology. Can't get Ooh. shit to work. Um, all right. Uh, Edmunds.com is the website. Check it out over there. Uh, Alistair, we'll see you in a couple of days. But uh, anything else to add? Uh, no, check it out. We're going to have a lot of stuff going on at Car Week, so all our social channels uh, are going to be full of all the latest stuff from Quail from Sunday and everything else. So, um, Edmunds well, got- Cars on on YouTube and Instagram, and Edmunds on on uh, on uh, what is it now X on and X. Threads, <laughs> Threads as, and Threads <laughs> as well. I've got. And I'm, I'm Weaver on Cars, so. I almost forgot about this, but I got something to add. If you guys enjoy this little chit chat that we have over here with our friend Alistair, uh, we're going to attempt to bring this to you on a regular basis. It's the CarCast and Edmunds.com podcast. It'll be part of the CarCast family, so you can subscribe to it on the same CarCast feed that you guys are listening to now. And of course, you can go to Edmunds.com and listen and see the podcasts there as well. Uh, so yeah, we're going to give it a little, we're going to give it a try, see how it, if we can coordinate our schedules to do this once a week for a while, we, <laughs> I think that's going to be the, we, for, we forgot the big plug. We, we forgot the big plug and, uh, we, we, we keep sitting down and texting and, and, and having a few calls and a lunch every now and then going, we're going to do this every week, right? Like between your schedule and my schedule, we're going to, we're going to attempt to attempt to do this every week. We might have a few people, uh, from the uh, Edmonds team um, fill in when we, when need be. Right. But we want to get into, we're trying to get into some, some fun stuff that we haven't had a chance to really talk about yet. Like uh, maybe bring some of your, your, your test drivers on and dig down deep into what you guys do into, into the testing of the cars. And then you can bring those clowns who drive your U drags and see what they're doing. over there. <laughs> It'll be fun. I think we'll have a good time doing it. So, all right, off to uh car week, Bill. Thanks so much. Good luck with the cows outside. Yeah, they're gone. So uh, I have a for a while. <laughs> they're so. gone for now, but you don't know where they went. That might be the issue. <laughs> so true. Good to see you again, Alistair. You guys have a great time at, uh, at car week and uh, keep your foot on the bed. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Bro. And uh, the YouTube channel, check it out. Subscribe to Goldberg on uh, on YouTube. We'll, we'll, uh, he'll get some more stuff posted up there. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. And your foot on the floor. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCastShow. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.